If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to your Circle of Influence. I'm your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I am Amy Walker. We are so delighted that you are here today for this particular episode because you know what we do. We like to go deep into some sometimes uncomfortable conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about <laughs> highlighting and reframing what you call weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Get yourself ready. Pour yourself a hot glass of something. <laughs> <laughs> hot glass of reality. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> um, so, you know, I always like to start conversations with definitions, Amy. I like, mm-hmm. I, like, I like knowing that we are operating from the same sheet of music. So I'm going to say that uh, we're going to define weakness as something that you are not comfortable with, that when you try operating with that muscle or with that characteristic, it comes out awkward or it doesn't give you the results that you want or it takes longer than what you want. And so therefore you don't feel strong in it and you avoid it. Would you add anything yeah. to that definition? I would add one thing to it, which is sometimes when you show up in that way, you create damage around you. We end yeah. up making a muck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you go in and all of a sudden there's a mess and you're like, oh yeah, I did that. Yes. That happened. I was or, a part of worse. it. We're like, oh, but see what happened was, and I didn't really mean to. And then you end up yeah. making it worse because <laughs> now you're justifying and defending. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. So my contrarian approach to stuff like that, because typically when you identify a weakness, you stay away from it. You want to avoid it. You'd like, I don't want to deal. I don't want to see it. That's just not. I am of the mind that the very reason why we say we don't want to do something is the very reason to approach it, confront it, define it, deal Mm -hmm. with it, put it on the table. And so I'm going to give you an example of that. Um, One of the, one of the, um, habits that we have in my family i'm going to go personal with it instead of a business example one of the habits that we have in our in my family is that sometimes we've we've gotten better over the years because of what i'm about to share um Mm -hmm. but when i was a child there was a lot of passive aggressive communication like nobody would actually say this is how i'm feeling or this is my request or this is blah 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 it would just be like hints and little yeah and little things like that and it would annoy the heck out of me because I'm always feeling like I'm I know I'm missing something because I heard what you didn't say but I don't know right. what I meant to say so it was like this mind mess up <laughs> you know so I got in the habit of no we're gonna call it all we're gonna talk about it all we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room and we're not going to not talk about the elephant in the room until it's handled you know but then mm-hmm. that brought me into the like the opposite end of it now I got abrasive and aggressive and like we're gonna talk about everything and everything was a fight and everything was a you know so it was like from the passive aggressive spectrum I went all the way to aggressive right Uh and so um 
so I tended to um, consider that a weakness. Like, I don't, I just don't know how to deal with confrontation without making it a fight. Yeah. It, and yet at the same time, it's, there's a strength underlying it, right? So I want to share a quote that I love. Um, I was introduced to this years ago and I actually quoted it in my own book too, in Walk Your Talk, but it is from The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. It says, all of your so-called faults, all the things which you don't like about yourself are your greatest assets. They are simply over-amplified. The volume has been turned up a bit too much. That's all. Just turn down the volume a little. Soon you and everyone else will see your weaknesses as your strengths, your negatives as your positives. They will become wonderful tools ready to work for you rather than against you. All you have to do is learn to call on these personality traits and amounts that are appropriate to the moment. Judge how much how much of your wonderful qualities are needed and don't give any more than that. So like the strength behind that, Monica, is that you have a, you really have a strength to call out unspoken conflict and resolve it. But when it gets turned up too high, it shows up as like this over justified. Now I have to, you know, why are you all doing this wrong in the first place? And I got to fight every single battle that comes up. Whereas when you give it the right amount of Monica, it goes extremely well. And I have seen you create like our grace talks for racial reconciliation. You took some hard conversations and emotions, and I was sitting there like, whoo, Monica, how are you going to handle this? And you just handle it. Like, you know how to call that out and, and speak peace into troubled situations that most people would sweep under the rug because they don't know how to handle it. Sometimes it takes someone else seeing you in your, uh, your own son of genius sometimes is a blind spot for you. Mm-hmm. And it takes somebody else seeing it. I always say to people, you, you're never going to, and I know some people are going to try it when I say it, you're never going to be able to turn your head fast enough to see your own ears. Go ahead, try it. You're not going to be able to. You're going to need a mirror or somebody else to point out your ears, right? And the very thing that you're looking for, you're looking with, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 want to, you want vision, but you're looking for vision with your own eyes. <laughs> it's like you're, you're looking for the thing that you're looking with, right? And so we want to talk today about turning that uh, conversation, reframing that conversation um, from what you see or what you interpret as a weakness as a strength in disguise. Yeah, because women in general, I don't think tend to naturally be self-aware. It's so interesting because, um, you know, I am raising five boys and they they think that they're great at things that they're not great at sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not telling him like my, my seven-year-old right now really believes he has superpowers. He's not quite sure how and when they're going to manifest, but he is convinced that he has superpowers and that he, he, he actually thinks he has animal powers where he can absorb the powers of animals that he hangs out with. It's pretty adorable. And my, my nine-year-old is like, mom, when are you going to tell him that he does not have these he powers. It's like, babe, everybody figures it out at some point. But I want him to think he's great, you know. And, and boys, like they, and men, they naturally um, think that they, I think they overestimate sometimes their capability level. Whereas I think a lot of women kind of come in with this, we, we see our flaws and we put those at the forefront and that's kind of our view of ourselves. And so we don't 
often have an accurate perception of how we're doing and how we're performing and the value that we bring to the table. So today, my hope is that we are able to have a really good conversation and kind of walk you through a process of understanding your strengths and weaknesses a little bit better with no judgment. I mean, there's no judgment on one strength being better than another, one weakness being worse than another. It's just a, an ability for you to come to a good understanding of who you are and how you show up so you can show up at your best. Yep. Yes. So here are some questions that I think will support all of us in clarifying, um, first articulating what you're interpreting as a weakness and then reframing it to be a strength in disguise. So the first question that I would have for, for anybody, and feel free, by the way, everybody to use this as journal prompts. I think that's mm -hmm. very useful when we, when we allow ourselves some contemplation time. So the first question that I would have is when did this first start showing up? Right. So for, for me, I, I can harken back to conversations in my family as a child where I felt like I was missing something. Like, what are you actually saying? You know, to use that mm -hmm. passive aggressive communication example. Right. Um, and how did it make you feel such that you would have to go, the other way to overcompensate or justify or numb yourself down, etc. So that's question number one. Where did it first start? Question number two is how did it make you feel? And then question number three is what is it protecting you from? Oh, that's a good one. What is it protecting you from? So the the conflict, like the going fast to conflict that I used to have, was mm -hmm. protecting me from feeling taken advantage of, or protecting me from feeling the sense of like out of control, like I don't know what's happening, I don't know what, what we're doing, so I'm gonna put it all on the table. Let's talk it out, because what I'm not gonna do is be taken advantage of or be you know stepped over or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. when you can identify what it's protecting you from, then you can see that it's like, oh, my survival is not at stake. I can right. This down. I can get some, you know, objectivity around it. I can get some perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I love that third question. So another thing that I do as a journal prompt, and I do this probably once a year because I just need the, the self-reflection. Um, and I, I'm very visual. So this is actually a visual exercise that I do. So um, I will draw an outline of myself on like a poster board and I'll write in there all of the strengths that I have, like all of the great qualities that I have. I actually could show it to you, Monica, but nobody else would be able to see it. So I write in there all of my strengths, all the things that I love about myself. Then the, I take a pad of sticky notes and I write on the sticky note all of my faults and weaknesses. And then I cover up the, I cover up the, the girl, like, cause I, I always draw it as like a figure of a girl and I write all of the great things and wonderful qualities. And then I cover it up in sticky notes. And it is this visual to me that is so repulsive to my soul that I'm like, no, 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 I got to deal with those. And so then I take my sticky notes and I put them into three categories. The first category are what are the lies? Like they are just absolutely not true about me. But they, those thoughts exist inside my head, but they are so clearly not true about me at all. The second thing that I do is I look at which ones are actually strengths turned up too high. And I know you and I want to have a little bit of a more conversation. We're going we're gonna to have confession time where we're going to share our weaknesses that are strengths turned up too high in just a second. Stay tuned for that. Um, but I, I go through and I look at which ones are really strengths. And then the other ones that are left go into my grace pile. Those are just things that they're a work in progress. And I need to give myself a little bit of grace around them. And they will get better and they will happen over time. And they're not killing anybody. And they're not like nobody's world is being destroyed because of them. And so they get to go into my grace pile where they're just like, it's a work in progress. And what I love about this exercise 
that I really do at least once a year, sometimes more. I actually always keep the, um, the picture of myself with all my positive words kind of close by so that I can look at it whenever I need to. Um, but I, it allows me to be able to have a little bit more of a, a love and an embracing of who I really am instead of viewing myself through that space of, all the junk and all the criticism that we allow to sit inside of our mind. And when I, and I truly, when I'm in that space where my head is full of criticism for me and I'm executing so much like harsh judgment and harsh expectations for me, I feel like that person that is just covered up in all of that falseness because the truth is I am the person with all of those wonderful characteristics. Yes, I got a pile of things that always have to be in my grace pile where I'm working on them. They're a work in progress. Um, and yes, I have to constantly pay attention to my strengths. Like, do I have it turned up too high? Am I giving this situation too much of what my strength is? And that's why it's causing damage and it's not working out. Or am I showing up in the right zone? So I am always adjusting my levels. Um, but I, I just, I feel like it's a happier way to live life. I know. My heart softened when you explained the process. I was like, oh, the grace pile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we get to be gentle with ourselves. How about that novel idea? <laughs> I know. Instead of beating ourselves up for it, it's like, yeah, that's, that's my project pile. It's my work in progress. These are, and what if, I mean, really, what if we were like, let's take it a step further. What if we were actually proud of ourselves for the things that we're working on? You know, like, Hey, can I show you what I'm working on right now? You know, like when a house is under reconstruction and the person is so excited to show you, like, look at what we did. We got this done and it still looks so, you know, torn apart, but like you can see the progress. What if we approach it like that? Like, Hey, look at what I'm working on and, and put those, that grace pile as a positive that, it's so much better than just leaving it unaddressed. Like I'm happy that I'm addressing some of these things that I'm working on. It feels good. I'm always going to reference that, that scene in the Jerry Maguire movie when he storms out of the closet, um, the locker room and the Rod Tidwell character says, see, that's the difference between you and me. You think we're fighting. I think we're finally talking. <laughs> it's like the theme of my life. That's I'm the Rod Tidwell character. I'm like, no, we're not fighting. We're just talking. <laughs> that's funny. I like it. Okay. So, strengths turned up too high. I think we should give some examples of this because when I first heard this concept, it took me a minute to grasp it. So I'll give an example from my life. You can give an example from yours and we can kind of just talk these through a little bit. So one of my um, strengths is I have a gift of focus. Um, like I really can create massive amount of movement and momentum around anything that I'm focusing on. When it gets turned up too high, it shows up as selfishness and it's not because I don't have compassion or I don't care for other people. It's because I literally can get so focused on one project that nothing else matters. And I am, I'm not paying attention to other people's priorities and what is valuable to the collective. I'm so focused on the objective and where we're going that it can show up as selfishness. And I remember praying about this for years because I, I felt bad about being selfish. And so I was it was actually in a moment of prayer when I was like, please, Lord, help me to be less selfish. And one night he was like, Amy Walker. Actually, I don't even think, maybe yeah, I wasn't. Even, Amy Walker like I do too. That's lovely. No, I think I was, I was married then. I was trying to think, was I even married then? But it was like, stop praying for that. Let me show you this gift that I have given you and just learn how to use it. 
but it was like, let's not have, I've heard this prayer so many times. Can I just show you where this ends? It's not selfishness. It's focus. It's your gift. I gave it to you. I want you to use it. Learn how to adjust the dials. And it was like, oh, okay. I saw myself in this whole new light. And all of a sudden this part of me that I had felt was always a little like, I, like I despised it a little bit. It was like, no, I'm going to be grateful for that. And I'm going to use that. So I have great focus that I get to bring to anything that I do. I just have to pay attention to like, when do I stop focusing on it? And I have to like encourage myself to start off my day by focusing on others and have anchor times where I refocus outside of the project at hand. My confession time is that, um, you know, there are some people in the world who feel their way into logic. They have to go through the muck and mire of their initial reaction, their sadness, their anger, their whatever. I tend to think my way into a feeling. I'm the opposite. And so when something happens that may be triggering or something, I get a gut reaction about something. My immediate reaction is, wait, what is this? What, what is this here to teach me? What am I supposed to do here? What, you know, so I go into thinking mode and strategy mode instead of like, right. Mm -hmm. Um, it has cost me though, uh, because one of the prices that I have paid for that is yes, it's true. We don't burn the house down, (laughs) but we miss some, but I have missed sometimes an opportunity to connect, to empathize with someone when they're in their feelings. And I'm like trying to think through it. It's like, wait, are you even here? Do you understand what's going on? Right. So I, sometimes I've paid the price of missing opportunities to connect, to empathize. Um, and there, there have also been missed opportunities. Like when my gut instinct tells me to do something and I'm too busy overthinking it, then it's like, okay, by the time that you've made up your mind about something, the opportunity is gone. You had to act right then and there. So that those are some of the prices that I have paid for that. On the other hand, one of the advantages of being like this is that sometimes the reason why you get in your feelings is because you're making assumptions. And if you're giving yourself some time to think, then it's like, oh, okay, you can question your assumptions before you start running with it and then fall flat on your face because you thought something or you jumped to a conclusion that isn't even there, you know? So um, I can see the, the superpower in that as well. You have worked hard and you've earned your place at the table of influence. Wouldn't it be great to have a board of advisors that celebrate your wins, support your growth and challenge your blind spots? That's why we host our influencer circles for six and seven figure business women. If you are a high achieving entrepreneur woman who wants a deep dive in business strategy, collaboration and strategic relationships, Go to yourcircleofinfluence.com forward slash influencers and reserve a spot in one of our upcoming circles. Okay, so I love that. Let's play a fun game that I like to play sometimes when I'm teaching this. I I love teaching this to like groups of teenage girls. It's powerful. But here's one of the games that I play is like um, find the strength in the thing that currently bugs you. So what is something that currently bothers you about yourself that you haven't really taken time to break down and process yet? And I'll, I'll, call, I'll tell mine too, and then let's try to like break it down and find what's the strength behind it. I want you all to know, audience, that sometimes Amy and I prep for these kinds of things, and sometimes she just bring something out of left field that she has not talked to me about. So <laughs> we're all flying blind here, okay? That's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, something that currently bugs me about uh-huh. myself. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Sometimes I know exactly what it is that I need to do and I just don't have the umph to do it. It has nothing to do with discipline. It has nothing to do with not knowing what to do. It's just like, I know what to do. I'm just not getting off my butt. Okay. Okay. So um, it could be one of three things, right? Like it could be just a lie. It's not even true at all. It could be something that's in the grace pile that's just being worked on, or it could be a strength that's turned up too high. Which one do you think it is? Ooh, this is dangerously close to confessions part two, Amy Walker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that it's because I need certain pieces put together from other people and I'm not willing to be vulnerable enough to make the request. Ah, confessions. <laughs> okay. So then, um, so it's, it's that... Okay, so the the strength, the weakness is not willing enough to be vulnerable to ask for help. The strength behind that is independence, right? It's independence and a strong sense of what you can accomplish. Um, so if you turn that down a couple notches, what would that do for you? It would allow me to see the blessing of relationships like there are some people in your life and everybody's life who would love to support you who are just waiting for the chance to step up and give to you the way that they that they feel that you've given to them and mm -hmm. when i do this whole independence thing um, or the i don't need anybody or the if you want something done you have to do it yourself it tires me out because there's some things that i'm not good at that i should give it to somebody else um, but it also um, if I were to shift from that, it would allow people to show up in their zone of genius. So it creates interdependence, yeah, connectivity. Yeah. Don't make me cry, Amy Walker. Don't do do it. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. I think we stew on these things about that bother us, you know, and, and it just, it's kind of that nagging thing in the middle of our, the back of our mind that taints all of our wins. And so you have these moments of brilliance and then there's this little voice that's like, yeah, but you also sit on your butt when you know exactly what to do, you know? And when you take a minute to just kind of break it down, the answers I think become so simple because we are really brilliant, divine, beautiful, wonderful creatures who are a lot more whole than we are broken. And I think sometimes we feel a lot more broken than we feel whole. So I love the reframe. Good job, Monica. But I didn't cry. Okay, your turn. Okay, so you want to hear mine? Yes. I am so frustrated with myself over my uh, over my health, wellness, nutrition, weight loss, exercise. Well, I can't even say weight loss because it's more like I've gained 15 pounds this year, which I attribute five. So I went into the holidays with like five pounds extra, which I always do. And I lose it. No big deal. But then I broke my wrist and then I was, you know, not doing my normal stuff that I do. And then COVID happened where every day was a Friday and I ate like a Friday every day, you know, and I yeah. keep like saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the commitment. I'm going to make the commitment. And I'm just not like, I haven't done it. And so that is something that is really frustrating me. I have a solution for that. All right. Let's hear it. Well, because you are such a connector and because you, you, um, one of your superpowers is 
one of the ways that you step up into your greatness is when you're doing it on behalf of somebody else or because of somebody else or accountability or partnership or whatever. Like when you and I were doing 75 hard ish, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was like, I know, I know Amy, she is not going to drop the ball if for nothing else. Cause she doesn't want me to drop the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so one of the, one of the ways that you could, um, create that as a superpower or reframe that as a superpower is avail yourself of something that you naturally do, which is connect and have that connection. Point yeah. You know what I, as I, as we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking this through as well. So one of the things that is one of my gifts is um, prioritizing. Yep. So, and, and holding a lot on a plate. And I think one of the things that I have done is I figured out how do I balance five kids, pursue my dreams, run my company, and keep it all flowing. And I just have not put my physical health as a constant in that. Like faith is always a constant. Um, Family relationships are always a constant. Business is there like 95% of the time. But that Amy's health plate is one that I put on and then it becomes because of my focus. Okay. Yeah. So like I got two conflicting things, prioritizing, but then also focus. So because of my level of focus, when I focus on it, I do really well, but I can't, but then I lose focus on other things. Mm-hmm. And so I need to put it as a constant plate on there. Like it's a constant on my plate because other things come and go. And for me, I feel like physical health and wellness has been one that kind of comes and goes, but I I've not yet gotten to that place where like, it's a consistent one on it's always on the plate because how do you feel when you do do it great until I want to eat sugar and then you know like some people are addicted to meth or heroin I am addicted to sugar like they're addicted to meth and heroin mine is a little more socially acceptable but still just as real like yesterday I was like talking to my son I was like Levi he's my he's my nine-year-old I was like, let's sneak out and go buy ice cream. And he gets these big eyes and he goes, Ben and Jerry's? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we totally left without telling anybody, like, I'm going to go get my fix with my nine-year-old son. <laughs> Which is more you're making accomplices of these young people. Look at you. I'm like corrupting him. <laughs> so here's the thing about that, though, is that, again, okay, so here's my superpower, right? I think my way to a feeling. And whenever I've been tempted to do that, I, I ask myself, what is it that you're, what is it that you're not dealing with that sugar will help you deal? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's usually, a good question. Usually when I'm looking for sugar, it's because I want some kind of sweetness. There's something bitter or unsavory that I'm dealing with that I'm like, mm, we need to sweeten this up and how we're going to do that. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and then the reframe also is, and you know, you've witnessed this, you've witnessed this happen in the last year is that whereas I used to see my workouts or eating in a particular way as a task or an obligation mm-hmm. or, or something unpleasant that I had to do, kind of like punishing my body. Now it's gotten to the point where it's like, no, no, this is the way that I keep myself up. This is the way I have a lot of other things on my plate that matter to me. And this is my maintenance plan. Like, this is what I do so that I can stay sane, so that I can stay productive, so that I can be cultivated. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, it's a get to, not a have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So try that for size. Every time that you feel tempted yep. to do that, 
I'm going to put this into my grace pile and I'm also going to adjust some levels on my strengths weaknesses. So my focus again, I, I as I bring this onto my plate, I am going to need, it's funny cause you might think I need to adjust my focus. I actually don't, I need to turn it down because otherwise it's not sustainable cause I can't with all of the things that I have going on in my life. I can't like I've done P90X. I've done 75 hard ish. Like I've done really hard, really pro like intense programs that get to the forefront of your focus. And then your whole life has to circle around it. And that is just not sustainable for me. So if I want this to be one of my consistent priorities, it's going to have to get a little bit in balance. Like can't yeah, be, can I, can I interrupt focus. you and offer you some perspective though? Because like yeah. when you're doing all you're really doing when you're doing like, uh, let's take P90X for example, P90X is typically anywhere from 40 to maybe 60 minutes workout. No, it's, it's 60 to okay. an hour. To let's, yeah. let's call it an hour. Yeah. The yoga one is like 90 minutes, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's call it an hour, but that doesn't take over your whole life. Like that's an exaggeration. Why does it feel like it does? It totally feels like it does to me. Cause then you spend half of your day figuring out what you're cooking for yourself and like you're constantly having to eat. It's so, that's so funny because it does feel like it takes over my whole life when I'm doing something like that. Yes. So one of the ways that I've made it like super easy to eat healthy stuff is like, I just don't buy crappy stuff. Yeah, I, I don't, don't either. And then I end up having to make like sly yeah, but runs. Then you go make a run to Ben and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing good in the house. So I got to go like sneak Let's it. Go find some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, when I was little, uh, the kitchen closed at a certain time. Like there's no eating. There's no snacking. There's no, that's just nothing. Like mom finished cooking. That's it. That's all you get. And, um, same thing when you go to a hotel, there's a time when the room service is not available. Same time when you go to a restaurant, we close at such and such time. And it's like, Hey, this is a good strategy for my house yeah. <laughs> Maybe I need to implement. It was like the kitchen is closed at a certain time, ma'am, go to sleep. Yeah. That is so interesting. Okay. I got to do some more digging on that of why I feel like it takes over my whole life to dedicate an hour to an hour and a half to my physical well-being. Cause I do, I feel like it throws off everything. Like nothing works. Truth bomb, it's not that it takes over your life. It, your resistance takes over your life. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. It's good. Tell on yourself. Tell on yourself. <laughs> okay. okay. So another thing that we did talk about is because we do know each other really well and we have a high level of trust, we are going to each tell each other one thing that we see is your strength that gets turned up too high and sometimes shows up as weakness. Now, I wouldn't necessarily have this conversation with just anybody because you have to have a high level of trust that you know that person loves you, but go to that person and ask them this question, like, where do you see my strength turned up too high and it's inhibiting my growth? And they will sometimes show you the things that you can't see yourself. All right. Who wants so, to go first? You go. <laughs> okay. One of the things that I love about you, Monica, is your ability to just have peace that everything is going to work out and that the right solutions will show up for you and that it will be easy and it will flow naturally. And I have seen you have all of that in front of you and not take action because you were waiting for, you were still waiting for the easier when it was already there. And so I've seen you have like a desire in your heart a few times that you just 
it was there too long when everything you needed was already in front of you. I'll say this about what you just said is that um, I think part of that is a function of self-trust. I think like I get that gut instinct and it's typically the right one, but mm -hmm. I've messed up so many times that I'm like, wait, hold on. Maybe there's another answer coming. So it's, mm. it's self-trust that I get to cultivate. I've already gotten a deep sense of self-trust, but it's, it's my next level that's calling me forth. Got it. Love it. Put it in the grace pile, working on self-trust. Yep. All right. So for you, Amy, you're such a great strategic, brilliant brain. And I, I can almost see it in conversations when we're coaching together or when we're doing like influencer circles, when somebody brings up a, a, a challenge that they're dealing with, I already see your brain going, ch -ch 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 -ch, putting all the pieces together <laughs> and talk to this person and do this thing. And, da -da -da. and I'm like, oh boy, just break out the calendar. She already has the plan, you know? Um, and that's a great, it's a great zone of genius to be in. However, what, what sometimes when it's dialed up too high, it shows up like, I'm not even entitled to be in my experience because before I even get the words out of the problem or the challenge, you're already over there at the solution side. And it feels um, unempathetic or it feels like glossing over something because sometimes the challenge isn't the situation. Sometimes it's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally see that. Yep. I receive that. Um, and, you know, I think part of part of that is a sense of um, proving my value. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it's the, cause it's the strategy part. I love the strategic, I love my strategic brain. Like I am frequently mentally high-fiving my brain. Like good idea <laughs> brain. That was great. You run I love that. out. <laughs> um, but the part where I, I like have that compulsive need to give the strategy every time. Um, I do think that's a little bit of like proving my worth. Whereas I can have really great strategic ideas and not have to share them. You know, like not everybody needs that or wants that. So I think that's a good, good awareness. Or even evoking it out of somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've been in situations where I co-facilitate um, a, a particular um, program and the person that I co-facilitate with sometimes tells too much whereas I'm much more Socratic I'm like asking questions because yeah. typically that also helps to create ownership you know when I'm coming up with my own solution like what I just said about self-trust had you said it it would have been like oh that's nice Amy okay great but if that I came up with it's like oh yeah now I said it I own it I have to bring it you know what I mean yep so, yeah mm -hmm. All right. So my hope is we've been having a great conversation here. My hope is that as you've gone on this journey with us, listening to us, you have not just been listening to what's Monica's weakness. What's Amy's weakness. Oh, there's the strength. Cool. Now I know something new about Amy and Monica. I hope that what we've been sharing has given you prompts to maybe look at yourself a little bit differently because I absolutely believe that every human I've ever met is amazing. Like I've never met anybody that was really the sum of all of their weaknesses. And one of the things that I made a decision on years ago was that I was going to judge people by the best that they bring to the table, not the worst, because that's how I want to be judged. So I constantly look for that. And I 
love meeting people that have all of these amazing strengths and talents. And then I listen to them and they talk about their weaknesses. And I'm like, oh, we just need to shift this conversation a couple of degrees. And then you would tap into your greatness and you'd be able to lead from that and have that strength. So what I would love, this would make, this would make Amy Walker's heart happy is come into our group and tell us who you see yourself as from that point of strength. Like what are the great things about you? What are your characteristics that you love? What are those like divine traits that are so innate within you that you want to let be in the forefront? I would love to see us have that discussion inside of our group. It's kind of like you have to think about who is the person that loves you and would brag about you. Like what, so Amy, if you were to do this exercise, it would be like, cause you know that I love you and I, and I brag about you all the time. So it's like, what would Monica say is my greatest stuff? Like, what is she impressed by? You know, if you can put yourself in the, in the shoes of that person for you that loves you and wants your best and sees you in the highest light, what are they bragging about you on? That's the exercise. You know what? I will let that be the first part of the exercise, but that second part of the exercise, it is really, really sacred when you have that conversation with your higher self. Like, let me see who you are really. So it gets you started to think about it from the people who love you and what do they say about you. But I want you to hang in there and do the the higher level where you really have that conversation with your soul, with your higher self, with your spiritual being and like ask that question, who are you really? Reveal yourself and all your greatness to me. Um, It's juicy and you cannot do it without feeling it. Like I get the tears every time. It's like, I'm getting teary right now, Amy Walker. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. That's, that's enough now. We're going to close this up. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, we will wrap up. We so appreciate all of you for listening. We would love for you to leave us a comment, leave us a review, join us over in the Facebook group, Your Circle of Influence podcast. And we just so appreciate you being a part of our circle. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your week.